Get ready to listen. Okay, next question. Get ready to listen. Block by block Chicago. Block by block Chicago. Block by block Chicago. You are listening to Block by Block and Lumpen Radio audios from Chicago Cultural Center. Self-portrait? What is that? Okay, so I'm Gloria and we're here at the Cultural Center and I'm here with... Jen. Alworth. Yay, Jen! So, you were here last weekend with we us. Were, yeah. Um, and your friend, Heather. Heather, well. yeah. Right. Yeah. And we had a really powerful conversation about art and in general I feel like life right we agreed that we were all gonna do a portrait of ourselves because we all figured out that we haven't done that in a while and it it would be really awesome unfortunately I didn't do mine right but you are here today can you tell me a little bit about like your piece and your process sure sure so I think last week I told you I hate doing self-portraits <laughs> and I was kind of thinking over things and I'm like, well, why do I hate to do them? And I think it, I, last week I said it was because I focus on the flaws. Um, so I tried to like get over my fear and my own therapy in my head. <laughs> and But I also don't have my camera set up, so I kind of had to use my phone and so I'm going through a bunch of pictures in the mirror with the phone and whatnot and I I realized that it was always kind of a picture I wanted to take Um, and it stemmed from when I was sitting in my hairdressers having my hair done there would be mirrors on this side and mirrors behind you and I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you, you look in the mirror on one side and here and it seems to go on forever yeah and it's kind of this sort of perplexing space that actually doesn't even really exist and so I thought I wonder what that would be like if I could recreate it so I'm kind of doing all this contortionist move to try and get that to work didn't work out quite like I had hoped but I still kind of thought okay well that's an interesting idea that you're I'm kind of trying to recreate the space that goes on forever and ever and ever but it's this abstracted space so it's kind of this abstracted sense of self maybe which still kind of focuses on the like me focusing on flaws so I took that one that I shot and sent to you and I decided to kind of abstract it um to see what I would get. So, and I also, uh, while I'm doing it, I was still like reliving my nightmares of selfies, which I like is my worst nightmare. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't looked at the piece yet, but it sounds so great from the process of it because I think you took a really interesting angle to approach the, the piece. And I, I honestly feel like abstract art has a lot of message, but it's really, I don't know how to explain it. I, I love doing abstract art, to, to be honest. But I, I feel like art, and one thing that helps me when I draw it, like I sort of heal in a way. Yeah. Um, so I feel like in, in this process, um, it can be really healing for some people, especially when it comes to ourselves. Because I totally can relate to you in a little bit of a different aspect, like when people take pictures of me. I'd rather not see them. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to see them because I know it. They're going to show me like another angle of me that I'm not too comfortable with or that I haven't really seen. And 
I, I guess I'm afraid, you know, I'm afraid of my flaws and and that's a real thing and I think that it shouldn't be a thing, you know, we yeah. should be, I don't know, happy with who we are, but I can totally understand, like, it's inevitable sometimes to just feel like that and I think it has a lot to do with, like, society structures in a way as well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think maybe that's why I haven't able to draw one. I remember I took a trip to uh, Barcelona with my school when I was in high school. This guy drew me, I paid him to draw me, and I remember when I saw the piece, I was like, oh my god, like, like you really think I look like that? And he was like, what do you mean? Um, what do you mean that do I think you look like that? You actually look like that. And I was like, no, like, you drew my nose smaller, and my lips were bigger, and like, that's the perfect me, like, that's you know, if I could fix one thing about myself, I think I would make my nose a little smaller, my lips a little bigger, and that's probably it, you know? And he, he just started laughing. He was like, no, embrace that you're beautiful. Like, this is how I see you, and I'm sure that how you see yourself is not how others see you. And I was like, oh my god, like, okay. And I was only, like, 15 or 16 at that time. So that left me thinking a lot, you know, and it made me think of, like, the way I draw other people, um, yeah. like I drew my sister um, this summer because we took a like a mural workshop, and she's not an artist at all. Okay. She gave it a try, so I drew her, and she was like, like wow, like you drew me pretty nice, you know. And I was like, no, like this is what I see of you. And then she she was struggling a little bit um, drawing me, but that also says a lot about her because one, she's not into like drawing, and two, it's because she's not patient with a lot of things she's not patient with herself and just a lot of things and the art piece kind of demonstrate that it, it takes a while for her to just like be patient with the process of completing something you okay. know yeah so i got to learn a little bit about that do, do you have any um anything that you learned aside from like that the process of it taught you like perhaps like you know how i mentioned like being patient or I've kind of been reflecting on the fact that I used to take a lot of uh, portraits of people and the portraits that I like taking were of people in their 80s and 90s which I thought to me was really interesting because I, I think once you get past a certain age or matured to a certain point the character that's revealed on your face and the sort of ease that you become, you almost feel within yourself is not something that we value enough. And I had hoped to show that in the photography that I was taking of people who were in their 80s and 90s. And it was interesting because I'd take them and I'd show them to people and typically when I showed them to people who were maybe younger than 50. They would say, oh my gosh, these are beautiful, these are great, blah, blah, blah. And I'd show them to the person in their 90s or 80s who I had taken a photo of, um, and they were like, yeah, that's me. I don't like it, I hate it, why did you do that to me? And I'm like feeling like horrible because now I represented somebody um, and they weren't happy with it. And so I started to have conversations with people, and I'm like, well, what don't you like about it? And I, there was a little bit of confusion in my head. I'm like, well, why do, why do other people think these are good, but the person themselves doesn't think these are great? So when I was talking to people, and particularly women in their 80s and 90s, they were like, well, you made me look old. And I was like, well, I mean, you're 90. And they're like, I know, but 
I didn't realize how old I looked. And I was like, well, I didn't look at it and think you were old. I just looked at it and think you were beautiful. And they kind of went like, well, get out of here. Like, beautiful would be 20, like when I was younger. And I remembered myself when I was younger. I was like, yeah, but don't you think this is beautiful now? And that most, most people would say, yeah, no. <laughs> and it, it was interesting because I think people felt... You know, one woman said, you know, I, I looked at that and I realized why I felt tired and why, why sometimes when I look at myself, I don't have the energy that I have and that's because I'm older. And she said, and to me, that's the sad part is that I don't have the energy or the mysticism in life that I once had. So to me, it's sad. And I thought, well, that's, that's sad, but interesting because it's somebody going through phases in their life, and in this case, almost a century, and realizing, like, I'm probably not going to be around much longer, and so now I'm, I'm grasping onto memories of things that I had, maybe? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. I, I know when I tried taking pictures of my grandma, she, again, she doesn't want to see them either, because she... She's um she hasn't hit her sixties yet, so she's not like too old. But she's struggling with the fact that she's having wrinkles and stuff like that. And and honestly, um again like how you how you mentioned that this person was like, Oh, you made me look old. Well, I think sometimes we're so irresponsible to focus on ourselves too much and we are so quick to blame other people for things that they have no control over right and what I'm saying with that is like I guess I'm reflecting that like I'm, I'm pretty young and I've been thinking of like man I don't want to get old like I'm scared but then I'm thinking like what is one way that I can kind of balance this out like the fact that I am getting older and it's gonna happen inevitably and I was thinking maybe like I want to just do a lot of things in my life that make me feel like it's okay for me to rest now. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I want to be 80 and, and 90 and be content with what I did in life. Like, you know what? Yeah. Um, I'm old. I can barely walk, but that's okay because I use my legs, you know, as much as I could, my hands, and I created all of this and I helped all these people, and and I'm hoping that maybe when I when I am like older and wrinkly and stuff. I can be content because they're gonna be like this is this was my journey in this physical machine, right? Because I honestly believe that like we are not just this flesh. We are like our soul, right? I feel like our soul is always gonna be alive. So what I guess what I'm saying is like um, I want to be proud of yeah. my wrinkles and just be like, yeah, you know what? I've been here for 80 years. Like it's been a long time, and just be able to like touch people yeah. touch people's hearts you know I, I don't want to just grow old and be tired because I try making a lot of money for myself or my family because at the end of the day that's not going to make me any younger and it's not going to save me from what's next you know yeah. but yeah I think that's really interesting that yeah. some people feel like that I realized that's probably why I also started to have a hard time doing a self portrait or just looking at it again is because because I am kind of in the middle of my my whole life. And so to to do that was kind of a reckoning of like, okay, I gotta come to terms with like, 
A, I don't look like I used to in my 20s, and B, why do I need to, or why do I feel like I need to, and can I just be good with where I am now? And I think in the way that mine is very abstracted, like, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. I hope that I can be more self-assured, I guess, or, or more relaxed, maybe, is the better word, which is kind of why when I, when Heather said she wanted to do a portrait of herself when she was 82, I was like, good for you. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'd, like, be ants to, like, do a portrait of myself when I'm 90, and so that's why hers is kind of pretty interesting that yeah. she, was, she um, sent it to me, and there was a huge smile on her face, and I mm -hmm. thought, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. I think in, in terms of taking responsibility for myself, I definitely have to do more work in terms of like supporting more women and raising more women up because it's it's challenging. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Anything that you feel like you're gonna do differently now that you kind of went through this thought process? Hopefully I'm gonna be kinder when people maybe respond to me in a way that passively, aggressively says, like, I feel ugly inside. Like, I don't think I've recognized that before, but I just kind of recognized it while we were just talking, like, that nastiness. I always knew it was a form of ugliness inside, but I didn't, don't know if I always understood it was a form of, like, helpless ugliness that somebody would feel. Yeah. Like, it takes a I think I have a sort of a new appreciation for that, but I think also like I feel like I personally for my own work that I need to do need to get better with always feeling more um, happy in my own skin. Yeah, totally. Well, I wish you luck in your Thanks. process because Thanks it's definitely so a battle with yourself. So Ditto. I wish you patience and lots of love. You know, Ditto. Thanks so much for chatting again. You are listening to Block by Block and Lumpen Radio audios from Chicago Cultural Center. And now, what do you see? Um, just taking my mom around to the Cultural Center just to check out all the exhibits. Yeah, I know there's, I mean, I don't know too much about all the exhibits that are here right now at this, but yeah. I know that there's always exhibits here. What's your favorite one so far? The favorite one? I personally like the domes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The like, Tiffany glass? Yeah, the Tiffany glass domes. I used to come here, like, back in high school all the time just to hang out under the domes. I've been here since I was a kid, so my whole family is here. Um, and it's just home for me, and I feel like this is a good home base for anyone, really. <laughs> yeah. I'm Angela. Adrian. I've actually been here a few times before, and this is her first time. So I just yeah, like I like art, and so he's like, hey, there's this place that I really like, and I think you'd like to. Thanks. What do you think is your favorite exhibit in here? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> They're all really nice. I like paintings. Mm -hmm. Have you done a lot of paintings? No, I have not. I sketch more. I go to all the different floors. Um, on the first floor, I saw that there was this new thing within the rooms. And it's just nice to see everything. Have you been coming here a lot? 
This is my fourth time here. When did you start coming here? Not too long ago. I say a few months. Uh, I was at the Millennium Park and then I saw this place and decided to come in. Uh, we're showing the Cultural Museum to uh, friends. We've been here on several occasions and we just love the craftsmanship and the, the building, the architecture of the building, so we thought they would enjoy it. Uh, I don't know. It's just uh, the, the beauty and the appreciation for the work that's done and the skill that these people have shown in creating these magnificent uh, pieces of art. Have you seen the wood dyed with Kool-Aid? Pardon? Have you seen the wood dyed with Kool-Aid? No. It's a, it's a huge wood structure. It's we have not really seen cool. that. We live in Oak Park. Uh, no, I grew up in Rockford, Illinois, and uh, I moved to several different places for employment purposes and had an opportunity to work uh, at the University of Illinois uh, here in Chicago and came back and have been here for 18 years. I'm retired now. I worked in the Office of Governmental, Governmental Relations. Well, uh, the university depends heavily on federal funding and uh, students depend uh, heavily on student financial aid. Faculty members rely on federal research grants and uh, there are a lot of other policy decisions that uh, Congress and the General Assembly make that are important to the services that are being provided. So it was an opportunity to both help the folks at the university understand what uh, the perspective that elected officials have and on the other hand try to provide information that will be helpful to the university to the elected officials that represent us. Combination of education and experience. You are listening to What Do You See, a production of Block by Block and Lumpen Radio. We are walking upstairs of a grand staircase in a Chicago cultural center. We are walking up another flight of stairs where I see an elevator to our left. We will not be getting on that elevator, though. What I just described is called Piranesi Circus, Altelier Bow Wow, Tokyo, Japan. Project team is Yoshiharu, Tosukumatu, Momayu, and Ko. This is like a box. It's like a rectangular box, and there's glass over the top. There's lots of black and white photos. There's like men in an office, and all the paper is white. There's like a black photo with little attach-ons. A guy with like a furrowed brow, and a guy at talking to a lady at a what I'm presuming is a bar. Then there's another war notice. Send Hanley. There's another notebook. I see this when the people dancing into the music. I see this thing, whatever it's called. Some type of jukebox. A record player. A record player. And I'm seeing too many people dancing. So I think it's some type of party. And here it's called Party Blues. I see a picture of an African-American woman holding an African-American child. And books by John Rode. And book illustrations by Jacoby Lawrence, Charles Sabri, and Varen Quinshaw. I could tell this is 4th of July because it's like red and, and blue, and in the background it's white, and then it says Arctic and models, a ball. So I think they're having some type of party on 4th of July. I see Duke Ellison and a mannequin. And it looks like a design that he created, a clothing line. is I think that's his work of art, music, and clothing. And as I can see furthermore into the picture is 
models wearing the the pattern of the clothing line that he created. This is the Boston Massacre by Charles Dawson, the American Negro Exposition of Chicago, from the Legacy Museum at Tuskegee University Library Services, Tuskegee University. I see a bunch of broken up toothpicks after the 4th of July barbecue. I see a bunch of flowers that the kids created. This seems to be a waterfall. Um, newspaper made up of rocks. And then these are ferns. Of course, we got the little waterfall right here. The patterns are made by Crystal Sanders. The plants, the other plants that are not the farms are from Miss um, Parker. And then the waterfall is from Ariana Sim. This is quite fascinating, if you were to ask me. This right here looks like a sister right here. But she got up on the head wrap. And you could tell by the lips and the nose structure. And the color. Yes. U.S. Citizens via the Jones Act. Ooh, that's quite fascinating. I didn't even know anything about the Jones Act. So as a result of their new U.S. citizenship, many Puerto Ricans were drafted into World War I. That's, that's disgusting, that they were drafted into war. And all subsequent wars with U.S. participations in which a national military draft was in effect. So it's depression, storms, hurricanes. This is disgusting. If you ask me how we are drafted into war, I'm glad that they don't have that now, especially for World War One. Oh, they actually, and also they have dual citizenship, so that's pretty good. I noticed poems and pictures of people who wrote the poem. People who wrote the poem? Yes, and or why they wrote the poem. Have you read any of these poems? Yes, I just read The Life of My Mom. Yeah, so it's basically about how mama only got to a little part. It's only about like how mama, she asked her mama basically how to feel to raise her and her siblings and also her, her grandmother because her grandmother's on bed rest. Mm -hmm. And that's how far I got. She said, you never leave the house. And her grandmother also has cancer. Mm -hmm. Our mother never gets to leave the house, so she just want, want to really know like how does it feel, like how does her mom feel about her own life. Back when you were 17, your hobby was to stay in school and listen to Latin trap music. So basically this poem is about, this one of his siblings had to write this poem. Basically growing up, he was basically one of the kids that didn't want to go to school, he wanted to do drugs and stuff like that, so they led him into jail. And I guess jail kind of changed him for the better because he worked on getting a career and he ended up reading the Bible. And the mom isn't said no more like how she was back when he first got locked up. Now she is more like excited for him to get out because she see that he's transformed into a better man. You are listening to Block by Block and Lumpen Radio Audios from Chicago Cultural Center. Hi, my name is Mrs. Ingram Kurt and I am interviewing Taja and Savannah in Tink. Tink. Can you all describe these pieces that you see it's detailing Chicago so this is we're actually reading from elementary schools in Chicago so this is a collection of Chicago poems from Brown Elementary in the West Haven neighborhood at Ruiz Elementary in Powell it was developed by student writers under the guidance of poet and a writer um, these poems utilize the artistic form of engaging the first letter of each line it does not only begin with the new line but add to a word or phrase 
spill vertically across the point. And do you think that what they are saying in these pieces are true and yes. reality for yes. most of us? Yes. For these to be written by elementary school students, I think it's pretty dope. So you don't think the younger kids know or they see this stuff, but for them to break it down and put it into words in their own form, it's pretty dope. It's amazing. And I'm over here looking at One Piece by a Brown student, Brown elementary school student. Um, this one line got to me. She said, I love to go to a place without violence. And she also said something about police. And they say for children, it's horrific. Somebody said a horror movie. Do you think you Chicago is a horror movie? movie? Yes. Why do you think Chicago is a horror movie? Because like, every time you turn on the TV, you always see something about somebody getting killed. I think killed it's or, like, black, or like, mainly black individuals getting kidnapped these days and stuff like that. Like, every time we look up, it's something bad happening. You don't never see nothing good put on the news or nothing. You always see, like, bad stuff. But if you look at, look at the program that you are a part of, I just feel like the media perpetuates this type of stereotype for black people and mainly the city of Chicago, but we are doing some good. It's just what you see up on TV. It's these images that perpetuate that. Yeah, I guess we do got some good. We got programs for violence and stuff. We got programs trying to help, like, come up with ideas where we can stop the violence in Chicago. But I don't think those programs get out a lot. Like, they don't really get out to, like, the news outlets good enough. Like, And from my understanding, are you a part of a youth advisory? Yes. Can you detail you're also, that? You're also a part of a TV program, right? Yes. Is that correct? Yes. school. So by you being a part of these programs, how does that help you? You're an advocate. It, it, it like, make me, like, think about, like, the moves I make or, like, stuff that's, like, if I see somebody, like, some black girls when they get into it, I just tell them, like, to calm down. Because that's what, that's what the media wanted to see. They wanted to see, like, us tear each other down instead of build each other up. And I just feel like that would be wrong if we keep tearing each other down. Then we just watching each other tear each other down. And then nobody said nothing. And, but I feel like if we say something, like, maybe they'll start thinking out the box before they actually react. Like, they'll be like, like, we sisters, we're not supposed to do that. Like, yeah, get mad at each other and walk off instead of get mad and fight. So by you being in both of these programs, how do you feel is that you can outreach to the media to get these programs more out? A page about our program, what we do, and then have other people get into it and so they can stop being out there shooting and stuff. Like, advertise the program and let people know that we got a safe haven going on. Yeah, we can start with our community. We can make flyers and stuff. Or we can go, like, to, like, random schools and, like, give them, like, information about our program and see if, like, students interested in it and stuff like that. Because we the youth, like, we basically is the future and the mm -hmm. progress. I'm glad you said that. So that's what we'll be doing following next we week. Thank you for listening to What Do You See? This audio piece was created during the series Conversations, conducted in the Learning Lab at the Chicago Cultural Center. Audio produced and distributed by Block by Block, Blumpin' Radio, and Youth Participants. This program, including workshop, broadcast, and podcast, was supported by a year of Creative Youth Microgram from Chicago's Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events.